Exodus chapter 11. Let's pray. Heavenly Father God, we come before you, Lord, in Jesus' name, Father God. Father, I ask that you would forgive me for my sins, Lord God. Father, and as we come before you, each and every one of us as your children, Lord God, we thank you, Lord, for the word that we have, Lord, that's embedded in our hearts and our minds, Lord, that you called us, Lord, by our name, Lord. Father, we ask that you go through your word, Lord God, that you would direct us, Lord God. Father, And I would just like to pray, Lord Father, for those in Egypt, those saints that are being persecuted for your name, Lord God. Father, that you would be there, Lord. We know that you're there. You see everything, Lord God. Their afflictions, their sufferings, Lord. Father, we pray we lift them up, not only in Egypt, but throughout this world, Lord, those who are being persecuted for your name's sake, Lord God. Father, how grateful we are to be in this country, Lord, to be open, open up your word and to read it, Father. But no, we don't know how long that we have this freedom, Lord. But until we do, Lord, let us be men that come before you, Lord, and with broken hearts, humbly, Lord God, and thankful for the hope that we have, Lord. May we share that to others who don't have that hope, Lord God. Father, we don't know what hour, what time, but you're going to come back like a thief in the night, Lord. We want to be ready. We want to be watchful. We want to be praying, Lord, that we're counted worthy to enter your presence, Lord God. Father, once again, we thank you. Go before us, Lord. Speak to our hearts, Lord. Deal with us as men, Lord, as your children, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Once again, thank you guys. Thank you guys. Um, let me clear my eyes out here. Let's, uh, I'll read verses 1 through, through 10. Chapter 11. And the Lord said to Moses, I will bring one more plague on Pharaoh and on Egypt. Afterward, he will let you go from here. When he, when he lets you go, he will surely drive you out of here altogether. Speak now in the hearing of the people and let every man ask from his neighbor and every woman from her neighbor articles of silver and articles of gold. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt. And in the sight of Pharaoh's servants and in the sight of the people... Then Moses said, Thus says the Lord, About midnight I will go out into the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. From the firstborn of Pharaoh, who sits on his throne, even to the firstborn of the female servant who is behind the handmill, and all the firstborn of the animals. Then there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as was not like it before, nor shall be like it again. But against none of the children of Israel shall a dog move its tongue against man or beast, that you may know that I that the Lord does make a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. And all these 
your servants shall come down to me and bow down to me, saying, Get out, and all the people who follow you. After that, I will go out. Then he went out from Pharaoh in great anger. But the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh will not heed you, so that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt. So Moses and Aaron did all these wonders before Pharaoh, and the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he did not let the children of Israel go out of his land. <clears throat> we know Israel has been in slavery for 430 years. God gave Moses a simple message to deliver. Let my people go. That was a cry. Let my people go. God has poured out his judgment on Egypt. The Nile has been turned to blood, frogs, and heaps. And they stunk. Lice, the plague of flies, thick swarms, their livestock, boils and hail, locusts, darkness, which could even be felt. In our study tonight, the death of the firstborn, all these plagues were against the gods of Egypt. Paul writes in Romans 9.17, For the scripture says to the, For this very purpose I have raised you up, that I may show my power in you, and that my name may be declared in all the earth. 1 Corinthians 10.11, the Old Testament examples. Now all these things happen to them as examples, and they're written for our automation, meaning instruction. And many other examples we have throughout the Bible. But this here stands out because it's a remembrance, it's a memorial for what has God has done, the deliverance, bringing the people out of Egypt through these plagues. And in verse, um, in verse 1, it reads, And the Lord said to Moses, I will bring one more plague in Pharaoh and on Egypt. Afterward, he will let you go from here. When he lets you go, he will surely drive you, drive you out of here all together. The instructions are given to Moses. Verses 1 through 3. And here in verse 1, the plague would be brought by God. Moses' part was just to carry out the message between God and Pharaoh. Not only would this plague affect Pharaoh, but the people of Egypt. This world, this would drive them out. This would drive them out altogether. The word altogether meaning that they would not be allowed to come back to Egypt. But this was God's plan. So that Pharaoh would drive them out. Because the Lord wanted them to worship Him in the desert. Not only that, but to fulfill the promises, that the covenant that He had made with Abraham. In Genesis 15, verses 13 through 14. Then he said to Abraham, 
Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs and will serve them and they will afflict them 400 years. Verse 14 of Genesis 15. And also the nation whom they serve, I will judge. Afterward, they shall come out with great possessions. The Egyptians were being judged by God. So the promise could be fulfilled. This was God's plan for his people, his chosen people. And we see it unfolding here. And chapter and verse 2, it says, Speak now in the hearing of the people, and let every man ask from his neighbor and every woman from her neighbor articles of silver and articles of gold. Pharaoh was still not determined to let the people go by, to go by this time. The people of Egypt were willing to see them go, so much that they gave them articles of silver and articles of gold. In chapter 3, verses 20, 21, if you want to turn there, we could turn there, chapter 3, verses 20 through 22. So I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in its midst. And afterward, that he will let you go. And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And it shall be when you go that you shall not go empty handed. But every woman shall ask of her neighbor, namely of her who dwells near her house, articles of silver, articles of gold, and clothing, and you shall put them on your sons and on your daughters, so you shall plunder the Egyptians. This was was going to take place. It was a, a command that they were going, that the Lord was going to do. And so, here we have and the Lord had told Moses what was going to take place before it happened. The Lord said, "I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all my wonders." I will give these people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And it shall be, when you go out, they shall not go out empty-handed. And so the Lord is here speaking. And so the people of Israel did find favor. The grace. Grace. Unmerited favor with these people. And so that they granted them what they requested. Thus they plundered the Egyptians. In Deuteronomy 20.14 if you want to turn there, Deuteronomy twenty fourteen. It says, You shall not oppress a hired servant who is poor and needy, with one, whether one of your brethren or one of the aliens who is in your land within your gauge. Each day you shall give him his wages and not let the sun go down on it. For he is poor and has set his heart on it, lest he cry out against you to the Lord, and it be sin to you. Fathers shall not be, verse 16, Fathers shall not be put to death for their children, nor shall children be put to death for their fathers. A person shall be put to death for his own sin. Romans 6.23, for the, for the wages of sin is death. Right? 
But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And then he continues in here in verse 18. But you shall remember that you were a slave in Egypt. And the Lord your God redeemed you from there. Therefore, I command you to do this thing. It was a command. And it even goes further back then to that and to Genesis. But in Leviticus, this was the rightful, the wages for people who would work. They were entitled to their wages to be paid for the work that they did. And as we go further, we'll see more of that. In Leviticus 19, chapter 19, verses 9 and 10, it says, When you reap the harvest of your hand, you shall not wholly reap the corners of your field, nor shall you gather the gleanings of your harvest. Verse 10, And you shall not glean your vineyard, nor shall you gather every grape of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and the stranger. I am the Lord your God. God was always looking out for the poor, the broken, the contrite-hearted people. And He was reminding the Israels, remember where you came from. Remember what I brought you out from. But how quickly we forget where God brings us out from. I mean, every time I open up the Word of God, I remember who I am. I'm a wretched man, as Paul said. I'm a wretched man. And I'm here by God's grace. God's grace alone, I stand before you. Nothing else. And that's why you're here as well. Because of God's grace. And you heed his you heard his voice. You heeded his voice. You heeded his warning. That's why you're here tonight. That's why he gave you the right to become a child of God. Because you believed. Genesis thirty one forty one, God sees the affliction of the righteous. Remember, Jacob served twenty years, fourteen years for the two daughters, and six years for the flock of Laban. And Laban changes wages ten times. Ten times. And Jacob cried out, and he knew. He knew Genesis thirty one forty one. And if it wasn't for the Lord, if it wasn't for the Lord, I think Jacob would have went off on him. <laughs> Genesis um, thirty-one forty-one, and it reads here: "Thus I have been in your house twenty years. I served you fourteen years for your two daughters, and six years for your flock." And you have changed my wages ten times, unless the God of my father, the God of Abraham, in the fear of Isaac, had been with me. Surely, 
Now you would have sent me away empty handed. God has seen my affliction and the labor of my hands and rebuked you last night. See, God sees everything. He sees the righteous. He sees everything. The things that you do, they're, they're done because of the love of Jesus Christ. God is going to take care of you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He applies your every need. I can't look back at a time where He never met my need. You probably can do the same thing. And it comes right at the last minute sometimes. When you're that close to giving up. Because He lets you know who I am. Who He is. Because He loves you. He's mindful of each and every one of us. His children. And He knows what's best for us. Back to... uh, Exodus 11, verse 3. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt, in the sight of Pharaoh's servants, and in the sight of the people. These people that are, that, that once have been hated and, de- and despised, now have, have come to be respected. All the wonders that were done um, on their behalf. What the Lord did on their behalf. All the wonders. Everything that he, that he did. The Lord gave them favor in the, in, the, in the sight of the Egyptians. In Psalms 106.46. He also made them to be pitied. By all those who carried them away. Captive. Egypt was glad when they departed. For the fear of them had fallen upon them. Because of the, all the signs that we see. All the plagues that fell upon them. The judgment of God. But God was trying to get their attention as well. Through all this judgment that's going on. Especially Pharaoh's heart. Psalms 105.38 Moses was very great in the land of Egypt. How could it be otherwise? Here was the shepherd with a rod. Moses was commanded to take this rod in his hand with which he would do these signs and wonders. A simple shepherd's staff. A stick that he found in the wilderness and picked it up. And God turned that around. One stick. He didn't have a weapon on him. All he had was a stick. Because God was going to do the battle. God was going to show Moses that he was going to use them to deliver the people. He heard the cries. He heard the afflictions of his people crying. He hears them today. But God is not slack concerning his promises, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's why he's delaying his return. I was one of them. Yeah, yeah, they've been saying that for years. They've been saying that for years. Yeah, but you know what? 
He was long-suffering towards me. You, your children, your parents, and so on and so on and so on. Each day He delays His return. He's giving you a chance. He's giving you time to repent. Time to get right. Time to serve. Time to build up memorials of what God did in your life. To share them with your children. Your great-grandchildren. What kind of legacy are you going to leave? God forbid you, you... you die tonight or whenever God decides to take you home, what kind of legacy are you going to leave behind? How are your children going to know you? How are your grandchildren going to know you? As what? A man of God or a great pretender? I speak to myself. Every time I open up the Word of God, Like I said before, I know my heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. I need to hold my thoughts into captivity now. I'm no longer moved by my emotions, by my will, my intellect. But I have this power, this meekness, power under control. Though Pharaoh hated Moses, there were those of Pharaoh's servants that respected him. Deuteronomy 34, 10 through uh, verse 11. But since then, there has not arisen in Israel a prophet like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. Verse 11. In all the signs and wonders which the Lord sent him to do, in the land of Egypt, before Pharaoh, before all his servants, and in all his land. Verse 12 of that same uh, Deuteronomy 34. And by all that mighty power, in all the great terror, which Moses performed in the sight of all Israel. So that they can see the miraculous miracles that God was doing. They can believe. Notice, let's read in chapter 12 and 13, what it says here, real quick. It says, well, notice the I will, I will. For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night and and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Now this time, 
the Lord wasn't going to use Moses, use the rod. But the Lord said, I, I am going to do this. I'm going to show you who I am. I'm going to deliver you out. I'm going to stretch out my hand. The firstborn. Let's go back to verse 11, uh, chapter 11. Excuse me. Then Moses, verse 4. Then Moses said, Thus says the Lord, About midnight I will go out into the midst of Egypt. About midnight, he said. The Lord was going to go out. The firstborn... The firstborn held an important position in the family, not only inheriting a double portion of the father's estate. Reuben was uh, uh, Israel or Jacob's firstborn. In Genesis 49.3, Reuben, he tells him, You are my firstborn, my might and beginning, my strength, the excellency of my of dignity and the excellency of power. So the firstborn also representing special qualities of life and strength. In Egypt, the firstborn would be the next next one in line to become the next pharaoh. Now it was going to be stripped away by this last plague. The execution of all the firstborn, rich and poor, including their animals. As we continue to read here in verse 5, it says, And all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, shall die from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sits on his throne, even to the firstborn of the female servant who is behind the handmill, and all the firstborn of the animals, rich or poor. It didn't matter if you were sat on the throne or not. God was going to pass and kill the firstborn and all the animals because the Egyptians, they worshipped animals. All the animals, they worshipped them. You got a lot of them animal lovers today. The fact that this was to happen at midnight made this even more frightening because this was the darkest part of the night, isn't it? Isn't it the darkest part of the night, midnight? You ever been out there late at night in the streets? Midnight? Sometimes it can be real spooky. You couldn't even feel it. You could feel the presence of death. I mean, I mean I've been in places where you just sensed it. The presence of death. Big men, grown men, scary looking men. Shaking like a leaf. Because the place was evil. You sensed it. Maybe you sensed it too. The presence of darkness. Now we feel with the God spirit. We should be sensitive to the, to the evil. Our spirit is sensitive to the dark. To all that evilness. We need to turn from that. Our eyes. Protect our eyes. Our ears from it 
<clears throat> Jehovah himself will pass by, leaving, leaving, leaving no doubt that this was God punishing Pharaoh and the Egyptians. Judgment fell upon the land of Egypt. Now Pharaoh, he's reaping what he sowed. Then, then Pharaoh tell the Midianites to kill their, their baby boys. He was telling the midwives. He gave them a command to kill the, the mid the, to the midwives to kill the babies, and we see that in um, Exodus. Well, let's read it first in verse six. I'm getting ahead of myself. Then they shall be a, a great cry throughout the land of Egypt, such as was not like it before, nor shall it be like it again. The warning was given that there would be nothing like this in Egypt. History, past and yet to come. Every Egyptian family affected by this plague. Grief would be heard throughout the land. Egypt, as we know, symbolizes the world or worldliness. We are told in John 2.15, the Gospel of John 2.15, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. In Romans 12.2, and it says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the ruin of your minds that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we're to renew our minds from the things of this world and renew it through the Word of God. Not just sometimes, but all the times on a daily basis. We're to meditate on the Word of God. Ephesians 4, chapter 4, 22 and through 24, Paul writing to the Ephesians, tell that you put, put off you put off concerning your former conduct. You and I remember how we were, the old man, which goes corrupt according to the deceitful lust. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, verse 24, and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God and true righteousness and holiness. And in Romans 12.1, Paul, once again, writing to the Romans, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Romans 12, 1. I beseech you. He's imploring. He's, he's begging. You therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Now that you're living, it's reasonable. What God did for, for you and for I, for this whole world, God's called us to serve. Whether you are obedient or disobedient, God wants to use you. He will use you if you let Him use you. In some way, He will. Verse 7. But against none... But against none of the children of Israel shall a dog move his tongue against man or beast, that you may know that the Lord does make a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. 
You see? But against. I remember walking in the neighborhood late at night. And the dogs would bark. Even now I can still remember. Even now when I'm home laying in my bed. I could hear the dogs barking. And I know there's somebody running around. Because the dogs letting me know. There's probably somebody roaming around the neighborhood. They give out the warning. But this night, their tongues would be tied. The Lord was making a sharp distinction between Israel and the Egyptians. So that you may know that the Lord does make a difference. Jehovah does make a difference. God separating those who follow the flesh and those who follow the Spirit. Life and death are in the hands of God. Life to those who are gods and death to those who follow false gods. God was making a distinction between the Egyptians and the children of God. It was life or death. Still today, same thing. Eternal life. With the Lord or eternal death. You decide. Like our pastor says, you decide where you want to spend eternity. Heaven or hell. Simple. Straight up. You decide. If you're here today or you never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this could be your last night. But God's brought you here today so you, you could have that assurance of eternal life. That hope that we have as believers to be absent from this body, to be present with the Lord. God, uh, Paul, Paul has said to the Corinthians, chapter 5, verse 8, he said that, I'm well confident, well pleased, that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And that's the confidence that we have as Christians, as believers, or we should have. It's not I, I hope so, but it's I know so. Because I run a lot, sadly, I run into a lot of Christians that say, well, I hope I'm going to heaven. You're telling me one thing. You're telling me that you're still living in sin. You're dabbling with sin. Because there's doubt. You need to repent from your sins, I tell them. Because the God I serve, His promises is what I cling to. And I know without a doubt. So you're telling me you're messing with sin. And you need to get right with God. Because sin separates us from God. Confessing our sins brings us back into fellowship with God. First John tells us that. One and two. Talking to Christians in the world. Chapter two. Verse one. Verse 8, and all these your servants shall come down to me and bow down to me, saying, get out, and all the people who follow you, after that, I will go out. Then he went out from Pharaoh in great anger. Pharaoh's people had given up on Pharaoh as a God, because that's what he actually, actually believed that Pharaoh was a God. 
But a little G. The little G. And he actually believed it, uh, he believed it himself until, he's, until he had encounter with the true and living God. Same with us. Same with you. Who do you say God is? Who do you say God is? Can you tell someone when they ask you, who is the God you serve? Can you give that person an answer? If you can't, you need to read your scriptures. You need to read your word. You need to examine yourself. Because you should give every person the answer for the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. It's shameful to see someone who doesn't know who they're serving a God, they don't know who he is. And they're living their life like that. Compromising. I say that to their shame. Because I'm grateful, I'm thankful for the hope that I have. That God's forgiven me for my sins. He made me white as snow. He took me out from the Murray clay. From the pit of hell. God is doing the work. Gentlemen. Continue let him doing that work. Transform me on a daily basis. Verse 9. But the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh will not heed you, will not heed you, so that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt. Pharaoh fails to heed the warning once again, several times. God has shown mercy, shown grace to Pharaoh. If Pharaoh would only repent, God would forgive him. That's what God, God wants. He wants to forgive you. You want to harden your heart? I don't know when he'll say enough, enough. He cleans his hand and he says, okay. Pharaoh is the one that hardened his heart. God gave him every opportunity. He gave him ten plagues. <laughs> ten plagues. And he still wanted to be hard. And so God said, okay, you stay the way you are. Pharaoh was a very stubborn, hard man. Have you ever been a hard man? Have you ever ran into a hard man? I ran into a hard people a lot of times. Mainly on Friday nights out there in Old Town. A lot of hard hearts. And I'm sure there's somebody here tonight that go out on Friday nights. You guys know what I'm talking about. Or you don't even have to go out with us on Friday night. You probably ran into the same kind of people with the hard hearts. They're stubborn. Having gone through 10. Nine plagues right now will not be moved until God Himself carried out this 
carry this out. The Egyptian people had begun to realize that all these false gods they had been worshiping had no power. These wonders, God's wonders, had convinced these Egyptians that Jehovah was a true eternal God. What did these Egyptians learn from this part of history? What did they learn? Or even go further, further, what did the Israelites learn? What have they learned? They're still in the same rut where they are. As I pray today in Egypt, they're persecuting Christians. They're killing them and they're running them out. Stiff neck, Jehovah called Israelites, because they're stiff neck, hard. But he said, I want to take that heart. From that stony heart you got, I want to make it into a heart of flesh. Turn to me, turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 18. The heart of Yahweh. Ezekiel chapter 18. We'll see that uh, toward the last verses there of that chapter. Verse 26, we'll start there. When a righteous man turns away from his righteousness and commits iniquity, he dies in it. It is because of the iniquity which he has done that he dies. Verse 27, again, when a wicked man turns away from the wickedness which he committed, he does what is lawful and right. He preserves himself alive. Verse 28, because, why? Because he stops to think, he considers, and turns away from all the transgressions which he committed. He shall surely live. He shall not die. Verse 29, yet the house of Israel says, the way of the Lord is not fair. O house of Israel, is not my ways which which are fair, and your ways which are not fair? Therefore, I will judge you, O house of Israel, every one according to his way, says the Lord God. Repent and turn from all your transgressions, so that iniquity will not be your ruin. That's what sin does. It ruins you. Destroys you. Cast away from you all the transgressions which you have committed. And get yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. For why should you die? Here's the, here's the heart of the Lord. For why should you die, O house of Israel? For I have no pleasure in the death of one who dies. Says the Lord God. Therefore, turn and live. And throughout the scriptures, God is patient with us. Repent. That's all. Jesus coming in, into this world. He's starting off his ministry. Repent. Repent. 
for the kingdom of God is at hand. That's all God wants. He wants to give you life and life more abundantly now while you're living. While you're living. A future and a hope, He tells you. Are you reading out of the same book I'm reading? Or is it somebody else reading it for you? Because if someone else is reading it for you, then you ain't going to be listening to the voice of God most of the time. You're going to be listening to man. You need to spend your time reading. I need to be doing likewise myself. Back to chapter 11, the final verse. So Moses and Herod did all these wonders before Pharaoh, and the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he did not let the children of Israel go out of his land. But we know, and you know, Pharaoh hardened his own heart. God gave him opportunity after opportunity. And he didn't, he didn't want to bow down. But every knee shall bow and confess that Jesus is Lord. Either now or when you stand before him. You can do it willingly or you won't even be able to do it forcibly because you're just going to fall. Because of the glory of the Lord. Today in Egypt, once again, and throughout the, the world, believers are being persecuted. And it's going on and it's coming here. They've already infiltrated, man. You just don't hear about it. Because the media turns a deaf ear to the truth. And many people are giving in to the deception, to the lie. They'll not be deceived. How quickly we forget what God can do and is still doing, working in the hearts of His people, showing Himself through the wonders of His works in our lives, in the lives of others. People that know me or knew me before, especially my own family, they thought I was going through a phase. <laughs> I was going through a phase. Then they started realizing and seeing the wonders of God. I was able to see my grandmother receive the Lord before she passed. Many more. Because God took a knucklehead like me, like you. Turn me right side up. And he's not done with not done with me. But I continue to press forward 
to the upward call, to the prize. Philippians 2, 5, and 8. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself a no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming to the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of the death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name which is behind every name, even Moses, even Elijah, every prophet. There is no another name but Jesus. Jesus. Pharaoh's heart is hardened. Pharaoh's hardened heart will lead his army to their destruction. Those who continued to obey him and followed him. They were led into a destruction. The water whoo, covered them. If Pharaoh would have once again would have asked for, for forgiveness, God would have forgave him. Pharaoh's heart is hardened. The Lord honored Pharaoh's decision. You and I, one time, were like Pharaoh. Our heart were hard, not because the Lord hardened our hearts. It was ourselves that hardened our own hearts. We came like cement when it gets hard. This is a real bad place to be. Proverbs twenty-seven nineteen: As in water, face reflects face, so a man's heart reveals the man. Your heart reveals, my heart reveals who I am. Proverbs, uh, reset that, Proverbs 27, 19. Pharaoh hardened his own heart. God showed mercy on Pharaoh ten times that the gods that he worshipped had no power, couldn't speak, they couldn't hear or see, but the God of Moses was alive. He spoke. He heard the cries of his people. He seen the affliction of his people. And he fights for his people. Second Peter, once again, 3.9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. As some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us. On you, on me. Not willing that any should perish, but that all shall come to repentance. And the Lord has given us so many memorials, so many Reminders throughout the scriptures of the Passover, of what he did. Not only that, but he sent his only son, his only begotten son. That whoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Romans chapter 2, verse 5. But in accordance with your hardness in your impotent heart, that word meaning stony heart, you are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath 
and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to each one according to his deeds. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7 through 15, and I'm going to close with that. I don't want to take too much of your time. 3, 7 through 15. Another reminder. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you will hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as the rebellion in the day of trial in the wilderness where your fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works forty years. Therefore, I was angry with that generation and said, They always go astray in their heart. It's always the condition of the heart. And that's where Jesus meets us. The condition of our heart. He knows where it's at. He has the right words. And said, they always go astray in their heart. And they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath. They shall not enter my rest. Verse 12. Beware, brethren, lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily what is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Do not harden your hearts. God's been tugging at your heart for the longest, man. He's revealing himself. Do not put it off. I beseech you. I beg you, don't leave here the same way you come in. Get yourself a new heart, a clean heart, a new spirit. Let's pray. Father, again, we just come before you once and then, Lord God. Father, we thank you for your word. It's truth, Lord. It's, it's power, Lord. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who gave his life for us, Lord, that we may have eternal life, Lord. Father, we are so blessed, Lord, to be called your children, your child. We thank you for this place, Lord. I thank you for bringing me to this place, Lord, where I can grow and be taught your word, Lord. Father, not only be taught, but to apply it in my life, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for these men that are here, Lord. I pray that you would Continue to reveal yourself to them, Lord. And that you would teach them, Lord God, because you are the true teacher, Lord God. Father, we thank you that you're mindful of the things that we go through, the cares of this world, Lord. Father, I pray if there's anyone that is here that doesn't know you, that they would receive you, Lord. And if you want, if you're here today and don't know the Lord, you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, cry out to him. He's been waiting. Why put it off? Do not harden your heart. Receive him today. You're backslidden. He says, come, let's reason together. Let's talk about it. Father, once again, may you give us traveling mercies, Lord God. May the women be blessed, the children. All throughout this 
building, Lord, which you've given us, Lord. We thank you for this place. We can come here, Lord, pray to worship you, Father, because you are worthy. There is no other God like you, full of grace, merciful and truthful. Love abounds forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.